Well, hello, darlings, and welcome to Sisters in the Shadows, Women in Blues and Jazz. And of course, I'm Colette Cooper, your host. This podcast looks at the amazing impact and influence women have had and still have on the development of blues and jazz. Now, one of the things I really like to highlight in this series are the instrumentalists. This is what I mean by Sisters in the Shadows. Now, the vocalists like Billie Holiday, Ella Fitzgerald have always been stars, but the saxophonists, band leaders and other instrumentalists haven't always. So this week, I'm talking to three of the most talented female players on the scene today. So let me introduce you to the band. On double bass, the incredible Ellen Andrea Wang. On piano, the incomparable Sarah Tandy. And now on the drums, the brilliant Sophie Alloway. Now I spoke to the lovely Sophie not that long ago and I asked her why she chose the drums. I mean, was she banging around in the house a lot as a kid? Yeah, well I mean, I, I wasn't banging on the walls trying to escape or anything. I had a very <laughs> delightful childhood. <laughs> But, um, yeah, my, there was always a lot of music at home. Um, my parents were and still are very hip. Um, anyone who comes to my gigs will probably be aware of my folks' presence quite yeah. often. And they're great, and they played such a range of music at home. My brother is and was a great pianist, and he was learning all of Scott Joplin's repertoire. And, Fabulous. Um, so it was just natural to to hear a great range, you know, whether it was even with the Beatles back catalogue, there's a there are a huge number of influences in their music and in their production with what yeah. George Martin did in each of them or yeah. you know, Dave Brubeck would be on at home and so I sort of naturally heard all these odd time phrases and didn't think too much of it. Um and, you know, a lot of say Nina Simone or Dusty Springfield, yeah. Maria Muldor, Etta James. I, I heard there were female artists that I heard, but there was never a a sort of focus on it. And what's interesting is that when I started showing an interest in drumming, which I will get to, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, my you know, nothing was ever said to me that sort of hinted that it might not be for me, you know, as yeah. as a girl. My parents never said anything. My brother didn't. The music teacher at primary school just, you know. So no one um, said, well, it was drumming. very natural. No, you don't want to be a drummer. You want to be a singer. What are you doing? Yeah, I, I don't remember any instances like that. So it was just natural. And I, you know, I reached into the top drawer in the kitchen and got out chopsticks. And my yeah. parents probably thought, what's going on here? And I'd get cardboard boxes and set those up and just you know play them or the pots and pans the classic yeah. story and it's about someone 
coming to something for the right reasons, just because something sparked an interest. For me, yeah. Stevie Wonder was the absolute epiphany for me. Because yeah. I discovered him myself. Um, and although, you know, we had songs in the key of life on vinyl and cassette and inner visions at home, I heard him at primary school and thought, oh, who's this? I've got to rush home and check the cassette drawer and the vinyl <laughs> cupboard. And there he was. And I got absolutely obsessed with his albums. And yeah. again, the, the range, you've got everything in Stevie Wonder's music, all genres, all influences. Absolutely. Um, so I kind of taught myself to play, you know, with inner visions and songs in the key of life. Um, and, and so you, there so we you, go. So you started, like you say, you, was, you know, playing with chopsticks on pots and pans and cardboard boxes. So you, you basically, you self-taught yourself, self-taught yourself. So you're self-taught I, for <laughs> how long before you thought, oh, I'm going to take some lessons or did you take lessons or did you just? Well, that, yeah, that's an interesting one. So I, um, I said, well, my parents and I, we try to pinpoint a time, I guess, at the end of primary school. So when I was 10, 11, um, I was definitely showing an interest in it. And they they had a few bits and bobs, like one hi-hat cymbal, a bass drum with no pedal and a floor yeah. tom or something. And I just, you know, they said, do you want to play an assembly? Do you want to do this? And I said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although I was very shy, but it was, you know, it was inclusive and there was, there was stuff for me to do, basically, which was great. Um, and yeah, so it, it sort of evolved when I was 10 or 11, I'd imagine. And when I went to secondary school, there was a drum teacher, uh, Stephen Hiscock, and I think I did about a term's lessons with him but it just wasn't for me and that's no comment on him he was great and he was very encouraging but I just I don't know what it was I sort of wanted to go away and uh, lock myself in a room and analyze great music and listen yeah, to it the best way I think there was a lot of there was a lot of shyness as well I think I always felt I want to do more homework before I sort of expose myself, so to speak, and um, play the instrument in front of people. And it wasn't until I was about 16 that um, I had lessons with uh, Richard Coles, who was wow. the drum teacher up at King's College, which is a boys' school yeah. where I now teach the drums. Um, so I, I used that. to have lessons with him. And I, I actually, I did my first gig up at King's College when I was about 16. And uh, wow. I think I was the only female instrumentalist. There were people like Lizzie Pattinson, uh, Robert Pattinson's sister actually did some vocals. She was yeah. great, but it was just, yeah. Nobody else, just it was sort just of evolved. Well, I I everybody hope, was gosh, staring at you. I hope I'm not forgetting. <laughs> that would be terrible. It's all about me. Well, that's no exactly why I wanted to, you know, do this show to expose more female instrumentalists, you know. And well, I, yeah. I mean, you're fantastic. And you, you play with a great band, Wildcard, who is just fantastic. It's Afro Zamba raw funk. And uh, you've had quite a lot of play on Jazz FM. And I'm really yes, I heard it the other morning when I was brushing my teeth. Oh, God, went, oh, there's that. 
There's I know that, that drumming noise, but it's fantastic. <laughs> it's, Thank it's, you. I really, really love the sound of what you guys are doing. It's right. Well, it's great. Street. We had a, a fantastic gig on Friday at the six oh six, which was the first. I mean, I've done three gigs there in this uh, lockdown virus period yeah. and this is the first one where it wasn't live stream as well it was just a gig and it was a Good. packed house love a great horn section in paul booth and, and trevor myers and andy noble and i'm scuttered, I, missed it. I couldn't go oh, i wanted well, there to will go be more yeah i can't say when not because i'm being coy because i i genuinely don't know but there will be more and we'll see you there and how did they how are they how did they police it we're obviously it was still keeping the distance did they you could only sit on yeah. one table keep a table free yeah well steve steve ruby the owner of the 606 yeah. is taking it very seriously yeah. and um and he has done i mean i did a, a gig with wildcard very early on in, um, when they reopened, yeah, and that was just a live stream. And then I did one with Mornington Lockett and Gareth Williams, um, which was fantastic. Adam King on bass, and that was half live stream, half um, actual gig for real the live people. Live streaming, you know, I've got one coming up in November. I, I just ah, great. I just find I don't know. It's just uh, it's just like a feels like a filmed rehearsal. It's just yeah. alone. It's just it's just not the same energy, is it? I mean, it's very difficult. I mean, again, early on in this, I did a, a live stream. Well, it wasn't live; it went out, I think, a week ago. But with Kerry Ellis, the um, she does a lot with Brian May from yeah. Queen, and she's a West End singer. And it was at the London Coliseum, this gorgeous, huge venue. <laughs> and there was no one in the audience. There was oh. a big team filming and recording, but. It was really hard to sort of gauge. There is no reaction when you've finished a song, and she sang her heart out. She's fantastic, great you've band. You've still got to put and, everything uh, into it, but it's you, well, yes. But you know, it's just not quite the same without that energy. You know, you feed from the energy, not. you bounce off from the energy, and you know. But we'll, you know, hopefully we're back to normal as soon as we can. But I mean, it's sort of like doing, doing it though. Got to keep, we got to keep the venues alive. That's the thing. Yeah, the, I mean, there are the, the ones that can be open um, are doing their thing. And it's I know it's really hard for them to balance the books and for us all to get paid. And, and we yeah. do get paid. But then, yes, it's a real concern across the board, yeah. as we know. They're losing money. That's the thing, you know. And They are. It's an investment to have us play often. Yeah, and it's and it's admirable as well, and that they know they're losing money, but they're keeping that live music going, which is what we need. Um, we did for people's morale, and absolutely. so that we, as you know, as musicians and people who take part in it, can have something to aim for. Because I'm still practicing a lot. I've got my little studio now, and I'm yeah. you know I'm, I'm keeping it going. But absolutely. You, ultimately we want a goal in sight and something to work towards yeah no absolutely i mean it, it, we need that you know we need we've just got to keep going what else can we do you know well also it's i'm sure you agree it's it's something that's 
in us and even if we tried we probably couldn't rid ourselves of it you know that need to whether you perform or you write or you sing or play an instrument it there's something there that keeps driving us forward it's the creative power inside us that yeah. will always find a way to create. You can be suppressed for so long, but you will find a way to create through. Well, and people are, any yeah. Adversity, you know. There, there are a number of inquiries about, you know, doing lockdown videos, and yeah. um, even before my studio was finished, I was finding a way to do those. And um, so it's nice. There are things happening and, and people are pushing through. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I just, I mean, you're incredible. I just find you incredible. I think I find your work, you're incredible. Your work's incredible. You are an oh. A-class drummer. Do you feel, Sophie, that it's still hard for female artists, instrumentalists especially, to shine through today and and feel it's still a male-dominated scene? Or do you feel, you know, males are, um, male artists are more supportive? I mean, you work with two great guys, one of which I've had on my show, and he's amazing. But Yeah, Clement spoke to you, didn't he? Yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah. And, um, and he spoke very highly of you. And do you feel it's still hard? Do you feel it's still a novelty, you know? Ah, it's a drummer, well, it's... a female drummer, you know? Yeah. As opposed to, it's a drummer. You know, it's, well, do you feel it's still male this dominated? A, this is a, an interesting one. And I, it's something that I've been thinking about because people do ask it occasionally in interviews. And, but I feel that I don't really feel it's been a barrier for me. Yeah. And I, I suppose I've been professional, what, per, It'll be coming up for 20 years. Don't yeah. get me wrong. It was very slow to get started. And I was doing waitressing and other things alongside yeah. it. But basically fresh out of my A-levels, I just thought, yeah, I'm going to carry on playing. It'll be fine. <laughs> things will work out. Yeah, and they, they, they kind of have. Yeah. Um, but I, I always say, if I look back and I've done thousands of gigs and I don't know, maybe... I don't know if it's hundreds of recordings, but a lot of varied work with loads of different people. And if I think about the sexist uh, incidents or barriers that I've come up against, I find myself struggling to, you know, fill up one hand. I've got five, well, no, I've got four fingers and one thumb on one hand. <laughs> and I, I sort of think, okay, well, there was this guy at that gig, but he... He was too well refreshed anyway. He didn't know what he was saying. And I, I could have been <laughs> a guy and he would have had something, something to say. But I, I really, I don't feel I've had a hard time. I, I yeah. certainly don't have a, a chip on my shoulder about being female. And I, I yeah. realise that the players in the generations above me would have had a harder time. And, you know, hopefully yeah. the people who are younger than me, I was about to say, are having an easier time. But I... I, I really don't feel I've had, I don't think I've had problems. For all the times I may have been overlooked for being female, and undoubtedly that would have happened. I don't know about it because, you know, maybe the person didn't call me in the end. But yeah. for all those instances, I'm sure that people, I've popped into someone's head a bit more readily for whatever reason, because maybe because I'm female or uh, I think when I was younger, there were a lot of people 
who thought, oh, she's got real promise. Let's give her a chance, whether it was Dill Katz or Winston Clifford, Mark yeah. Mondesir, Julian Joseph, lots of people would give me opportunities. But that's because they saw, you know, something in you that you, you know, your talent yeah. and your skill, you stand on your own two feet, you know? Yeah, but hopefully. And I think it's important not to sort of, I, I listen to Woman's Hour on Radio 4 yeah. quite a lot just because it, it helps me sort of realise that maybe people in other countries, women in other countries are, are having a hard time. But I, I find myself listening and thinking, this, we don't want to create chips on the shoulder. Absolutely, <laughs> that's right. We don't want to scare people into thinking it's a big, bad world. It's not. I've had a wonderful time. I, I'm not retiring. Well, <laughs> I'm not deciding not. to. No, but I, I feel very lucky with my lot. And I love the people I work with. Yeah. I, I really don't have complaints. And I know there are huge numbers of um, promising artists and brilliant female instrumentalist singers on the UK scene and, and in America and worldwide, and they're being accepted. I don't think they're so inspiring, novelty yeah. acts. Exactly, yeah, just, not a novelty act, and that's no, it's very organic. Important. Yeah, I think I hear lots of guys talking about female players, but not using that F word. Yeah, <laughs> female players. That's of course the amazing Sophie Alloway. And now in double bass is the brilliant Ellen Andrea Wang. She's from Norway, but has been performing in London for years. I asked her where it all started. Uh, well, with the music, I, um, I grew up in a musical family. Uh, yeah. So my parents, they play the piano. Uh, my dad, he's a jazz piano player. And my mom, she plays the classical uh, piano, but it's like they're... You know they're amateurs but they play really good actually <laughs> so they yeah. have other jobs as well but uh we've been always um singing a lot in our family and uh singing in choirs singing in church and yeah. uh and playing instruments playing yeah yeah so i play the piano and classic violin when i was Fan oh, yeah young fantastic. and then after a while i started to play the double bass yeah yes and well, that's so how we started. So yeah. it, it was just, it was a natural thing for you to do. You know, you grew up with music yes. and what, you know, what we, what else were you going to do, right? You were yeah. going <laughs> to, this, this was your, you know, you were born to do this. Yes. And you're incredible. You play the double bass and you play the bass mm. and yeah. you sing and your music is so, so unique. Um, Thank you. Everything about you is just so unique. And, um, you you have um you're kind of the bjork of jazz oh that was nice <laughs> have you been told <laughs> way that of saying it no never that's well, the biggest compliment well, i ever got i think well yes. when i when i first heard you that was my that's what i thought she is the bjork <laughs> of jazz you're just incredible i mean you know the way um there's so many forms of jazz now and the way you've progressed it personally mm is so so unique mm. and just just incredible and so you 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 grew up with a house full of music everybody yes. play music it was a natural yes. thing for you mm. did you did you train or was it just completely organic did you study hard and train or well yes i did i yeah. I, I had really good teachers like 
also like uh, music teachers at school was actually really important to me. I had excellent teachers. Um, uh, so um, they showed me a lot, you know, how to approach to music in general. Yeah. It doesn't mean what kind of musical style, but just, you know, to be curious in music, I guess. Yeah. Um, and sort of that's, that's also become my way of working with music as well, like the, having this curious um, way of looking at the music to yeah. mix different musical styles. And yeah, but, but I, I learned to, to play the double bass uh, in, in a jazz tradition. Yes, uh, yes. But then when I started to write music, um, I, I found out sort of more on my musical heritage um yeah. what i have been listening to the influences uh, start to creep yeah the influences in. yes yeah. It, it often does that when you start to write music doesn't it <laughs> yeah you do uh, and, and all it's in your subconscious yes all the things that have really you know stuck with you growing yes. up and the things that you've loved they start yeah. to creep in and you know and then that's well that's why you know you become original yourself you know because mm. you have these many influences and and then you you develop something of your own and and mm. what you've developed i just think mm. is just phenomenal i think you're incredible mm. you really are and we've had <laughs> quite a lot of people on the show so far and your name's mm. come up quite a lot oh thank um, you with uh, Tony Minviel, you know, it absolutely mm. adores you, you know, mm. but many people have, um, you know, spoken very highly of you and so they should, because you're brilliant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was growing up, you know, with all that yeah. amazing um, musical family, like the Von Trops. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Von Trops. Yeah. Um, so who was the first female artist in jazz and blues you, you heard perform, either vocalist, you know, vocal or instrumentalist or both, and what song? Um, I think perhaps I think it was Diana Kroll. Diana Kroll, got, yeah, oh, Diana Kroll. Okay. That got my attention. Yeah. Um, because actually, you know what? She 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 actually lived in Norway a couple right. of years, playing at a hotel bar, like a piano bar. Really? For a couple, of, but but yeah, uh, live music. But that's not where I heard her. It was yeah. um, when she released an album, and I remember listening to i love you just the way you are yeah, yeah she had this amazing version of that <laughs> yeah yeah she's, she 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 kind of she really butterflies yeah, around yeah. the the notes doesn't she absolutely so i think maybe that's yeah um, was she uh, maybe, yeah Mm. Do you think, do you think, Alan, she was the, probably one of the first, you know, the first sort of female jazz and blues artist who influenced you to perform yes. um, other than your family? Do you think, yes. oh, okay, that's... Yeah, I, I think so, because she, um, I actually, I haven't thought about this really much until you asked the question, but, yeah. um, but she played an instrument and was singing at the same time, you know, yeah. and that was something that I related to because I was playing the bass and I wanted to sing at the same yeah. time. Uh, so, yeah, so I found some, yeah, some inspiration um, in that. And uh, yeah, I remember I was listening to her a lot, like her uh, records and, uh, mm. 
do you, music, do you find yeah. that i mean that's a real multitask isn't it to uh, it play the yes. bass yes. and sing at the same time it's, i mean it's yeah. even harder than you know playing the piano and singing yeah i mean <laughs> your voice is just so i find you your voice and your music haunting hauntingly okay. beautiful that's how yeah. i describe you it's really beautiful and then you kind of go off into something else it's mm -hmm. really magical um and, and I mean, that's incredible. Do you feel, I mean, who do you feel today on the scene uh, who's shining through other than yourself, you know, vocalist, instrumentalist, who do you feel is really shining through? Oh, oh, so many. Uh, there's so many. Um, I've been, right now I've been listening to uh, Becca Stevens. Right. Uh, vocalist, um, perhaps because I've been fascinating by her uh, music as well as uh, a singing. Oh, but, um, and I find I love Sissel uh, Andresen, the Norwegian. Ah, uh, yes. Because she's had this amazing musical journey starting with the more soul funk music, but yeah. now it's only like contemporary, free yes uh, sounds and i find that also fascinating you know to to um, to explore someone's musical journey yeah <laughs> yeah you know that it can go in so many different um directions yes and she's an amazing uh, songwriter or her lyrics i really admire yeah no um, I, I agree with you absolutely uh, fantastic but there's so many it's like <laughs> so it's almost hard hard to pick <laughs> yeah but, um, that's a, that's that's a very yeah. good one to, yeah. very yes. very good yeah. one to pick. Yeah. i, I yeah. feel the same she's mm. um, inc incredible what what do you prefer to play probably lots of people ask you this the mm. the bass guitar or the double bass oh the double bass yeah yes yeah you mm, must have because good muscles because they're quite heavy heavy instruments it's, it's a little heavy yeah, yeah. it is <laughs> but i i like the that it's so physical the instrument yes. that you need to to work with it to create the sound that yeah. you want to get out of the instrument that you don't get that for free at all yeah. that's sort of something that's yeah motivates me to to work with that instrument um yeah so that's I, I mean, you, you work that with other instruments as well, but it's, it's a little bit different because it's so, yeah, it's so big. <laughs> Sisters in the Shadows is in aid of Nordif Robbins. Nordif Robbins is the largest independent music therapy charity in the UK, dedicated to enriching the lives of people affected by life-limiting illnesses, isolation or disability. Their music therapists are expertly trained to tune into each movement, reaction and expression of the individuals they work with to discover how music can enrich their lives. They are absolutely brilliant. But they receive no government funding and so rely on the generosity of their supporters. Charities like Nordif Robbins are really struggling these days and need your help more than ever. As a musician and a music lover, I know firsthand of the healing powers of music. It can lift your spirits, unite people and touch your heart in ways nothing else can. And the amazing therapists at Nordif Robbins use that power to help some of the most vulnerable people in society. If you love music and care about people, and I know you do, 
I ask you as a proud ambassador of Nordiff Robbins Music Therapy Charity to help support their important work today. Just go to nordiff-robbins.org.uk to find out more. That's nordiff-robbins.org.uk. Sarah Tandy is a pianist, a composer and a band leader. She's the epitome of what Sisters in the Shadows is all about. So when we had a chat a few weeks ago, I started by finding out who was the first female jazz musician who influenced her. Right, well, thinking about this question, um, can, can I give an answer that it's like not somebody famous at all? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Who was, you know, that's great. I was suddenly thinking my, my first memory of seeing a girl play jazz was like um, when I was a kid, I was about eight years old and um, I was on holiday with my family and my dad so I think he he just thought it'd be nice to take me out for the evening and he took me to see the local jazz band play I mean it's just like you know local small time yeah um and there was a girl playing bass and she was wearing the hat (laughs) yeah I just she was the coolest thing I'd ever seen in my life (laughs) yeah I can even remember her name she was called Claudia so Claudia the bass player out there that was my first experience of just seeing a girl. Oh, and she left a real impress, uh, impression and yeah, resonated in you, right? I just thought it was, yeah, I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> so you thought, right, the bass is too heavy for me. I won't play that. <laughs> I'd be a bit lazy and sit on a stool and play something else. <laughs> well, I already played piano, so I thought, you know, I'll, I'll stick with what I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. so have you been playing since you're like eight years old or? Um, yeah, I, uh, well, my mum's a piano teacher. Amazing. So That helps, right? <laughs> so yeah, I started off when, I think I was four when I had my first piano. Oh, wow. Well, that'd be like Nina Simone. Something like that, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I did, I did a classical piano for a long time. That was, that was my thing for ages in the night. Yeah, that's good groundwork, isn't it, for everything? Yeah, I think so. Definitely for me it was, yeah. I got, um, when I was nine um, for Christmas, I got bought um, some keyboards and and um, I drove everybody mad playing the Blue Daniel Walsh. <laughs> for like a year later, still playing the Blue Daniel Walsh. <laughs> Literally drove everybody mad. Like, what else can we give her to play? So, I mean, I, I can't, I mean, I, I play like I can by ear and I play a little bit, you know, my own <laughs> stuff, but I'm not nowhere near like you you're incredible i'm actually um i've actually taken up piano lessons again oh really yeah i want to i want to be as good as you (laughs) it's gonna take me years isn't it yeah it's it's a long process i mean i'm I'm still struggling with it so (laughs) you're still struggling with it i don't think so but so which female artist um in blues and jazz sort of really influenced you though because you started off classical and then you kind of, you've, you've really moved into that genre. Who was it? I, I mean, like, if I'm really, really honest, like, when I look at who, who influenced me and everything, I would probably say similar, you know, to a lot of uh, piano players, they're, they're real off like Oscar Peterson, Errol Garner, and yeah. guys, but just because, I, I mean, like, when I was getting into it, I didn't really know of any female instrument. There weren't sort of any immediate people that I went yeah. and checked. It was only really like after I sort of been doing it for a while, like I came across like particularly female instrumentalists. Yeah, because um, you were so, just doing your own thing, and you, you just weren't aware of that's that's I love that. 
<laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, obviously, that, like, there's a ton of incredible uh, jazz singers. Like, I really love uh, Nancy Wilson, actually. I really love the... Yes. The river, Cannibal, Adderley. I think that's incredible. They're incredible. Uh, and, uh, and along the same lines, because I, I sort of went through quite a strong Cannibal, Adderley phase. Yeah. Um, so there's uh, Shirley Scottley, uh, organ, organist, that was playing with him for a bit. So, oh, do you play a bit of organ as well? I, I blag it. I mean, not properly. <laughs> yeah. Not, not a real proper organ. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I don't really know. I'd love to hear you play the organ. I uh, bet you, you do. Well, you bet you do a great blag. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I think like playing jazz organ is a whole different thing. Like with all the, you know, they have the beat thing going on as well. Yeah. And, yeah, I've, I've never really done that. But I, yeah, I mean, obviously I play some sort of Hammond to some ex- yeah. extent like on my keyboard but I love I love that real 60s vibe organ Mm, I love that I really love that I mean who do you feel um today on the scene is really shining through other than yourself you know vocalist or instrumentalist oh goodness I mean that's the wonderful thing now I really feel like in the past five or six years there's suddenly a whole load of female artists around that like I just don't think that really existed, even maybe ten, fifteen years ago. Absolutely, early. totally agree with you. Um, it just didn't, did it? It's happening now. It's happening now. <laughs> Do you think yeah. tomorrow's warriors are a massive part of that? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. I, mean, I was. I'm a little bit older than a lot of the guys that came up through that. So, like, my experience trying to get into jazz was very much like being the only. Like, I was always the only girl. Every band I played in, I was the only girl. Yeah college I was the only girl going to jam session and everything and then um, I met I bumped into Camilla George I met her at um oh, love her we've had her on she's great and through her basically I was introduced to all the Warriors people and I just yeah. remember like having this real revelation when I met all those guys being like where have you been all my life <laughs> like suddenly you know to see um other girls and people that are into the same kind of music as you like i I I don't think I'd ever had that before. So, yeah. Real revelation. I mean, because it's still, I mean, it's still quite a male-dominated scene and it's great now to see all these strong women artists (laughs) coming through. Do you feel men are more supportive now or do you still feel they think it's a little bit of a a fad or, you know, or it's a a woman or what do you feel about that? I mean, that's an interesting question Um, because... Like, I think generally in my life as a musician on the bandstand, I've, I've never actually had any issues with men, like particularly like other guys in the band. I've never, ever had any, any issues in that respect. Like, and I kind of think it's because with, with jazz, it's so much about like, like what you can bring musically. So I kind of feel like if there's mutual respect on, on the bandstand musically, then, then nothing else really is an issue. Yeah, I think the more the time I like the the issues I've had with things being male dominated have been more like a, away from the bandstand of you like club owners and people yeah. booking you and yeah and yeah yeah and sometimes even like oh, like so I used to do um well I hopefully will still when it starts back up again I used to do the house band a lot when he scots on a Thursday night which is like more yeah. of a like, kind of night I've been darling I've seen you in action <laughs> oh <laughs> yes wow and uh 
yeah so obviously it's a similar situation I'm generally the only girl in the band there which is you know it's a laugh and everything but I've had some really funny comments from punters like like mids like I'm on a set break or something and they'll be like you in the band and I was like mm, yeah I just been playing all the set. and they're like yeah but you actually in the band because <laughs> you're a girl and I mean yeah. you know is this allowed yeah um so I mean that I mean that's just funny really but um so I think yeah it's more to do with people's expectations and their perceptions but but when it comes to my fellow musicians I mean particularly like now with, with people I, I love and respect, like I, I've never had any issues about being a girl. I think maybe more slightly uh, when I was growing up, yeah. and get, like snotty teenage boys, but I think yeah. then... <laughs> That's because they fancied you and teenage boys yeah, are always mean like, to girls, they'd be fancy. Yeah, well, they've got issues with their own egos and... Because yeah. I, I see thing as well, like, I've never ever had grief from anyone that is great, basically. And I kind of think like if people, if people know who they are and and they're confident in their abilities and their they don't have any reason. So true. That is so, <laughs> so true. It's so true. All, all the, uh, the ones you have issues with are the insecure ones who feel yeah. inadequate in some way. And, you know, um, so for some reason they feel they have to, I don't know, point a finger or, or something. Um, yeah. But Nick Lewis is very supportive, isn't he? He's oh, yeah, so, he's so supportive. Yeah. Great guy. I love Nick. Great yeah. guy. But like you said earlier, when you said like 10 years ago, you just didn't see all these amazing females. Um, so I, it's only in the last few years we've seen jazz come back in a big way, whole research of jazz with a younger audience. Mm. You know, like, you know, 10 years ago when I was just sort of singing the songbooks um, around the little jazz bars, you'd never see anybody under... 45 really um you just didn't it was just like it, it was just such a middle class kind of oh my god yeah. middle-aged class you know <laughs> it, was, it, it was tickets are expensive mm. and it's really changing and which is great and young people now are just absolutely loving it and there's a whole new jazz wave as you know and who mm. do you think in your opinion um sarah sparked this new jazz wave when did you first notice it? Which artists, in your opinion, were at the forefront of making it really popular again? My God, that's another, that's another interesting question because I don't think there's a quick, easy answer to that. Yeah. I, think, I mean, there's, there's some kind of obvious people that I think have been key players now, but then I think, you know, like the, the kind of roots and the seeds of why this exploded now. Like I, think, I feel like there's a generation before us, basically, that put in a lot of, yeah. a lot of groundwork. Um, because it, it's strange, actually. I feel like it's almost happened, like, in the time that I've been around playing. Because I kind of, sort of, I was living outside London for a bit and I moved back about six, seven years ago. Um, yeah. And I kind of feel like in that, sort of, in the past, like, four or five years, really, it's um, it kind of exploded in, in the way we know it now. That's the incredible Sarah Tandy. Now, thanks to Sarah, to Sophie and Ellen for being amazing players and joining me on Sisters in the Shadows. That's the show for this week. And if you liked it today, please subscribe now on your favourite podcast app. And while you're there, what do you do? Yes, please 
Go on, give it a great review. All the tracks you heard will be added to the Sisters in the Shadow Spotify playlist and links to their website are in the show notes. Please, please check these women out. They are absolutely super talented. They've got great new music coming up, so please do check them out on all their social media. They're just fantastic. Sisters in the Shadows was presented by me, Colette Cooper, and is a Pod People production. And thanks to the gorgeous Mikey Hansen and the gorgeous Jake Trappid for their production support. And more than anything, to you guys for listening to me. Thank you, guys. I'll be back in your feed next Friday talking to another amazing soul from the world of blues and jazz. I'll see you then. Ta-ra! Ta-ra!